Hi, and welcome to Making Space with Jen Pillipow, a podcast about authenticity and the subconscious personality layers protecting you. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here and for sharing your time and your energy with me. On this episode, I want to talk about what safety has to do with authenticity, why it's not enough to just know your values and want to be authentic, and what I mean by subconscious personality layers. So as I mentioned in the intro episode, I used to think about being authentic as very cut and dry, just Black and white, it's as easy as saying, just be authentic, know your values, align your actions to your values, and done. Make authentic goals, go after things that matter to you, etc. And then, after dipping my toes into the trauma world and the work of Kathy Kane, Peter Levine, Irene Lyon, Gaber Maté, especially Gaber Maté, I was introduced to this concept of the relationship between safety and authenticity. And it was a huge light bulb moment for me to realize that you can want to be authentic, but not be able to, and just have it feel like you try so hard, but you're blocked every step of the way. And that was news to me. So it got me thinking, and as I relayed this back to my hypnotherapy training and the subconscious mind, I ran it through this filter that I have of where we consciously want something, but we keep bumping up against internal resistance and we continually sabotage no matter how hard we try, that this could be an indication where there is some subconscious protecting going on, some limiting beliefs that were formed when we were young and we don't even know that we have them and yet here they are controlling our patterns and our habits today. So let's deconstruct this a little bit. I want to back up here and talk about some of what I learned during my RTT hypnotherapy training and what I learned about the subconscious mind. So when we're young, when we're between the ages of zero, and this includes being in the womb, up until about between the ages of seven and 12, our conscious mind is not fully formed. And many of you will already know this, but our conscious mind really makes up 10% of our operating system. The other 90% of what we know, what we say, what we do, all all the unconscious patterning and habits that we have, um, that 90% is derived from the subconscious mind. So that's a pretty big difference. And And the subconscious mind is really what is driving us in the early years of our lives. So this is why when we say kids are super spongy, it's because they hear things and they automatically just adopt it as being truth, as being just the way that it is. Um, And that's because the subconscious mind is extremely penetratable. It's extremely spongy. It, It adopts beliefs very quickly. And so in in the early part of our lives, as we're figuring out ourselves and the world and how it works, we very easily adopt 
the belief system of the people around us for good or for bad. And our, our subconscious mind is, is active 24 seven. And so that whole time we're just soaking things up. Um, and that becomes the operating system that we use going forward. So as we get into our adult life and we are trying to reach new goals or we're trying to create new habits or patterns or ways of thinking, this is why it can sometimes feel really hard and why we keep sabotaging ourselves because the subconscious mind, the 90% of our operating system will keep coming in and circumventing any kind of new thought. And so hypnotherapy, the um, the, uh, the powerful part about this tool is that we can get into that subconscious state of mind where we are extremely suggestible, where we take on new concepts easier. And, um, and that's what, that's what makes hypnotherapy so powerful. But then you can imagine as we're young kids, how powerful it is when our beliefs and our thoughts are being formed at a time when we don't really have a lot of discernment and we're just kind of taking it all in. So let's just relay this back now to what this has to do with safety and authenticity. So as we're growing and learning, and especially as we um, as we start school and we, we start to really understand what gets us the good kind of attention that we want. And as kids, we're not able to take care of ourselves fully. And so we really rely on the adults around us to take care of us. And if we do something that they don't like and we get a negative response, that can actually feel really scary because it may feel at a certain level that our survival is threatened. Because if the people that care for us aren't liking what we're doing, who knows, maybe they'll, they'll pull away and then we'll be left defenseless. So that sounds really extreme, um, but it's happening more of an unconscious level at that age. So we start to learn that if we perhaps express emotions that aren't met with somebody that's able to help us process them, but that's met with negativity, like don't feel that, don't do that, don't be so loud, don't cry, get over it, you're fine. We start to learn that that is what gets us love and attention is to set that all aside and to hide it. And so we protect it. And we start building what I call these personality layers that help us fit in with our environment, that help us um, cope and, and be accepted. And these personality traits could be things like people pleasing or perfectionism. So I like to use this example of a client that I had that came to me uh, for a symptom. And one of the symptoms was people pleasing. And she had this memory of when she was in kindergarten and she, the class was asked to draw this cartoon character, and she drew the cartoon character and then the teacher came around and looked at it and said, oh, you drew the feet wrong. And um, the teacher showed her that she drew the feet inward instead of outward. And that memory for her was so powerful. It was imprinted into her subconscious mind. Consciously, she hadn't thought of it in forever, like since that time. But subconsciously, the subconscious showed her this memory that came about that was really an imprint for her uh, showing her where she's wrong and she didn't do it right. 
And this carried forward in her adult life into feeling like she's just not good enough. She has to try really hard to be perfect. She must be perfect to be accepted and created some other symptoms for her. So these moments in our childhood can be very powerful, even though maybe we don't remember it today or we don't ever think about it. And then when it comes to being authentic and wanting to express ourselves what feels natural to us or when we want to say no to somebody even though we know they want us to say yes it becomes very scary because if we had these experiences in childhood where we did act like ourselves and it wasn't well received or we we didn't conform and that wasn't well received and that was really scary then it's going to be really scary for us to do as adults So we can want to be authentic and we can want to do all these things, but it might be really scary to do so. And that will stop us. And it will be very confusing because we know consciously what we want and we're adults and we have so much um, agency and we have so many resources at our fingertips and why can't we just do this thing? And so it can be very confusing and very frustrating, but really what it comes down to is that we're all wired in this way where we learned how to act a certain way to fit in, to be accepted in the circles that we were growing up in, in our family home and at school and deviating from that now is hard. It's hard, but it's not impossible. And I think it's really important to just acknowledge where this might be coming from. And of course, for each of us, it's going to be very unique. And we all grew up with parents saying different kinds of things and accepting different kinds of things. And so it's up to us to have that curiosity to want to understand ourselves better and build this self-knowledge so that you can grow from it. Okay, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about trauma because in the beginning I said that Um, I dipped my toes into the trauma world and I just want to share some of the things that um, were interesting for me to learn and maybe you already know or maybe it will be interesting for you too but I had always thought of trauma as something um, very extreme, a big scary extreme event um, and, and unique and what I learned was very interesting in the way that trauma has a a much wider definition in the way where trauma is really anything that happens to us that is too fast, it's too soon for us to process, it's too much for us to process, and there's no resolution. So there's nobody there to help you process it. And it kind of just gets stuck and lives in the body. And this can be a a big one-time traumatic event Or it can be a series of small events that don't even feel like trauma. It could be, you know, you might think that, you know, I grew up in a really typical, happy childhood home. My parents weren't divorced. There wasn't any really big crises. But there are other things that can lead to childhood trauma that can be simply not feeling like you're being seen or heard. And that could be with emotions, that could be your authentic self not being welcomed. It could mean so many things. It could be having a parent figure deny your reality. It could be being 
told directly or indirectly that you can't or you shouldn't experience certain kinds of emotions like anger or sadness or you're being too loud or you're being too quiet or you're so shy, don't be shy. <laughs> it could it could just be having a parent figure who can't regulate their own emotions or don't know about their own emotions. Um, having people around you that are really focused on appearance, on perfectionism, on people pleasing, having um, your parents or or a caregiver that doesn't model boundaries. These are all kinds of things that really add up over time and can leave you in a place where you're not really processing the environment around you and that can be categorized as trauma as well. So if you were like me and you were looking at trauma in a very kind of one-dimensional sort of way, then I hope that expands your your thought of it and, and brings in a little bit more room for other things. And that isn't to say it's to feel victimized in any way. It's self-knowledge and a way of seeing yourself and accepting yourself. And when we can start to bring in those elements of curiosity self-knowledge and using it in a way that empowers you it will get you out of the victim mode and when we're in victim mode everything is just so hard everything is against you and so a lot of my work is really just getting into where is our own empowerment and we can really get that through self-knowledge and of course self-knowledge requires a high level of curiosity and bravery and self-awareness Okay, so if we fast forward now to adulthood and you've been living your life up until now with these personality layers and you're getting by okay and you're experiencing you know, a fair amount of success in career and relationships and you feel like you're doing pretty well and then you might find that you get to this phase where what should be bringing you happiness isn't bringing you happiness and what should feel like success doesn't feel like success and this is how we start to get some warning signs we might find that we're just anxious for no reason at all we just kind of feel constantly on edge or we might feel the other side of that which is just more apathetic we're just going through the emo- going through the motions we're feeling kind of rudderless like we're not really connected to our life or our dreams or our soul purpose and it even feels really hard to dream like what do i even want what would even make me happy this can also surface as just feeling overwhelmed, overwhelmed by even the simplest of tasks and um, finding yourself responding a lot of the time with this fight, flight, or freeze response. Or you might find that you're just pushing so hard at taking care of everything around you, work, um, home, family, if you are a parent, just taking care of everything so much and just always being on this um, spinning wheel that you eventually just leads to burnout. You go, 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 go until you just crash and then you crash for a bit, but then you go, 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 go again, just to try to keep up and make up for the crash. And it's like, becomes this horrible cycle. And Marissa Peer, the person that, um, teaches RTT, what she said, basically everything comes down to three things. And I'll talk about one of those things now. And that's just 
the level of worthiness that we feel. And most of us feel like we just aren't good enough. We're not um, good looking enough. We're not smart enough. We're not just good enough in general. And if we have this subconscious programming underneath that just keeps saying we're not good enough, then that is going to manifest in so many different ways. And as we were growing up, if we ever got this feeling like being authentic isn't safe, being ourselves isn't good enough, then it's always going to come down to this fear of not being good enough, not being worthy. And the truth is, we are all inherently worthy and it isn't contingent on anything. And I think we all know this at a conscious level and we can say it and we can affirm it. We can use affirmations. We can write it down everywhere and tell ourselves. But if the subconscious doesn't believe it, remember the 90% of our operating mechanism doesn't believe it, then this is what sabotages. This is what where sabotage comes from. This part of us that is still like, no, don't show yourself. Don't be yourself. It's not safe. You're not good enough. So it can be really powerful to remind your subconscious that I am worthy, that it doesn't matter um, what I say or what I do is if, as long as I'm being me, that is worthiness. And the, the shadow parts of me, they're also worthy because it makes me me and I am worthy just for being here. The very fact that I am here means that I am worthy. And so rather than, this is why I love hypnotherapy, because rather than working, trying to effort our way through the 10% of our conscious mind with affirmations, like I am worthy, I am worthy, and just telling ourselves that, it's like we take the back door through the subconscious, the 90% of us, and suggest to our subconscious that those things that made us think we were not worthy are not true, and that we are worthy no matter what is a very different result. We can tell our, our subconscious that we can fail at something and still be good enough. We can say no to someone, disappoint someone, and we are still good enough. We can have healthy boundaries and still be lovable. We can take time for self-care and we can still care for others. And it's, it's a yes and situation. Any of you that are... Uh, come from an improv improvisation background you'll know the game yes and it's it's everything is based on yes and (laughs) and it's not all or nothing all or nothing just you know all or nothing is really a symptom of perfectionism where you're only giving yourself two options we live in a world where there are so many options so much more than just two options and I'm going to talk about perfectionism in an upcoming episode, but that one, um, really just as a starting point to remind yourself when you get into that mindset, it has to be all or nothing. Give yourself just one more option and see how that feels. And if you're really curious, give yourself six options, give yourself as many options as you can and see how that feels. And again, doing this through the subconscious is such a powerful way to upgrade that operating system that is running your habits, your behaviors, your patterns, your thought patterns, and the way that you're viewing your life in the world. Okay, so just to sum up here, safety and authenticity really go hand in hand. If we don't feel like we're good enough as who we are, 
our authenticity is good enough, then we will always stop ourselves from being that authentic person. And the way that we hide that part of ourselves to be safe, to be accepted in the world is to create personality layers. Personality layers can be perfectionism. It can be people-pleasing. It can be um, other types of things that you do to shift the focus off of who you really are so that people don't figure out your secret that you think you're not good enough. And this is all just, again, to know about ourselves so that we can work around it because this isn't a life sentence. You're not meant to be here to not be authentic. And so the way that we get to that authenticity is to start chipping away at these layers. It's a little bit of a trite example, but if you think about Michelangelo's David, the statue that um, he chipped away at to reveal the beauty underneath. And that's what we can start to do through being curious about ourselves, through understanding ourselves, through acknowledging ourselves, seeing ourselves, and allowing ourselves to upgrade and to update, especially that subconscious mind that is the 90% of what's really driving us. And so you can see it, it's, it's so much more than just knowing what your values are and knowing what your goals are. Those are great tools, but we want to get to a place where we can chip away at the things that are obstructing us using those. So if we're constantly people-pleasing and putting other people first and scared to say no, it's super hard to align with your own values because you're too busy aligning to other people's values. And that isn't to be hard on yourself. That is an acknowledgement of an acceptance of where you are today. And if you have a curiosity or an impetus to move forward from that and to grow if you've listened this far on this episode, then you have that, you have the personal development bug. <laughs> You're constantly learning and you want a place where you can go where all this information is curated for you. Then I have a program for you called Making Space and I'll put a link in the show notes that you can apply to learn more information about that program. And you can continue to work and do the work I guess you could say from the back door, through your subconscious, through that 90% of you that is highly suggestible and is waiting for an upgrade. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your time and your energy with me. That means more than you know. And go out and make some space for yourself. This podcast is recorded in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land of the Cree people and the homeland of the Métis Nation. If you're not sure whose land you're on, I invite you to get curious and visit native-land.ca. The podcast music provided is called An Exciting Future by Elliot Middleton. Go ahead, go out.